The betrayer may not be experiencing limerence, but the affair partner might, and so they can be very, very, very persistent. You're listening to Healing Broken Trust Podcast with affair recovery experts Brad and Morgan Robinson. We speak with couples and individuals from more than 144 different countries. And the one thing we hear consistently is the information we provide in this podcast is life-changing. And yet, we need more help. It can be really hard to implement the information in real life when there's so much pain and communication is already a challenge. You may find that you need more than information. You need something or someone to help you both Get on the same page so you can finally heal once and for all. Maybe you need your spouse to open up, but you don't know how to encourage them to do that. Maybe you need your spouse to drop their guard, but they just can't. You need someone who knows what they're doing to come alongside you and show you where you're getting stuck and help you implement the changes you need because real lasting change won't happen if you can't implement the information. So go to healingbrokentrust.com and discover how working with Brad or a member of our team can make the difference you're craving. That's healingbrokentrust.com. We're going to talk about how to move past and get rid of the feelings that you have Re- for that yeah. affair partner, right, Brad? Yeah, really how to fall out of love. Okay. And this is important. Many times, not every affair is a limerent affair. Mm-hmm. Not every affair has this component to it. But when it does, it is very, 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 very difficult to break. Okay. And so if you've been yeah. listening to this show and you know somebody who's gone through an affair or they're, or they're currently struggling with an affair, I would encourage you to tell them to listen to this show. Okay. Now, will you remind us of what is limerence just for the audience yeah. who hasn't heard? Yeah. Uh, limerence, again, that is a feeling of infatuation, love sickness, romantic love, Obsessive love, love addiction. Mm-hmm. And limerence is the name that was given by psychologists that fits that description. Yeah, because the English language really doesn't have, like the Greek language, where there's eros and multiple mm-hmm. words Different types for of, language yeah. for yeah, love. We call, love is kind of a very inclusive word. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about we fell out of love, and then you talk about love as a choice, you know, different things like that. It can get a little confusing. But with limerence, limerence is very addictive. And it grows in stages. At the beginning of an affair, when this is occurring and when it's just starting, the betrayer is content to see the affair partner every now and then. Uh, But as that addiction escalates, as that romantic love or infatuation or obsessive love escalates, they feel like they have more and more of a need for their drug. And so as this addiction grows, the need to be with their affair partner more and more until it develops into a craving. And eventually, they feel like they cannot live without their affair partner. Wow, yeah. And, and we talked about that type of affair where, and we see this often, that limerent affair, this type of affair where even after the affair is made known and people can start marriage counseling, mm they will still be involved in the affair and they haven't ended it yet. And I I frequently see that where people will come in after they've had an affair discovered and they've worked on it and the spouse thinks it's okay. It's, you know, nothing's wrong there. You know, the betrayer may not be experiencing limerence, but the affair partner might. And so they can be very, very, very persistent. Oh, yes. And and keep keep it moving and draw that person back in. With this, we've got different ideas and not, we're not going to be able to get through all this today, but we have different ways where limerence can be broken. You can fall out of love with somebody. Hmm. And so this is really important because this is where with limerence, this, that addictive romantic feeling, as it grows more and more, 
the betrayer is more likely that they're going to want to be out of the marriage and be with their affair partner. And then because of that, there's a much greater potential for relapse where this person will go back to the affair partner, much like a drug addict would. And so what we're going to talk about today, Morgan, is how to fall out of love, how to end this love obsession. Yeah, definitely. That's very important. mm -hmm. Definitely important. So these things that we've written, we actually have this on paper as well, but they're not suggestions. If you're serious about rebuilding the marriage, you need to follow what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. So remember this addiction, it can be ended. It just takes determination and time. Yeah. Yeah. And the best method, all of these are really coming from the starvation point of view. We talked about how to end limerence last time a little bit, how limerence ends whenever that love is returned back. You find that person loving you back. It can end that way. And it can also be transferred from one person to another. But this is how to get out of it completely, how to just stop it. And so it can, it, you know, it can go from one affair partner to the other affair partner. Oh, so limerence can be transferred. Mm-hmm. Those feelings mm-hmm. can be transferred from one love object is what we've called them to another love object. Mm-hmm. And it's rarely the spouse where it's transferred to them. Interesting. I wonder why. That's interesting. That's uh, rarely, is it the spouse? And, I, and in a large part of that, I believe, is because people are looking, spouse is reality. Hmm. You're raising children together. You're paying bills together. You know this person. There's nothing, there's not really a whole lot of newness to it. Hmm. In an affair, everything's new. And because it's new, it's, it's exciting. It's different. And that's the environment that limerence can grow in. Interesting. Not that you can't have romantic feelings with your spouse because you can, and that's something we're going to get into a couple weeks is how to have romantic love with your spouse. But limerence isn't something that you typically have. You may have it in the beginning of a relationship. And so people don't transfer it to their spouse. Thank you for listening today. You're listening to Marriage Solutions. We help couples and individuals with relationship issues. And we have 12 points here, Mm -hmm. right, Brad? Yeah. 12 things that we need to talk about. Yeah. And the first is to, to get out of this is you need to remove all evidence of the affair partner. Throw out any cards letters, delete them off of social networking websites like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, mm-hmm. other websites out there. Get rid of them. You do not want to be reminded of this person and see them. It's only going to make this grow. Yeah. So you want to starve yourself. Get rid of any evidence of this person. Okay. That's that's the number one thing. Mm-hmm. And let me say this, prepare yourself. You're going to go through a grieving process because you're losing somebody out of your life. Yeah. And people don't grieve what they're really when they're not losing. So if you see your spouse grieving this, you know it's they're probably ending it or yeah. it's done. And it's very much like an addiction. I mean, you know, when cocaine or any kind of major addiction, they have to go through that withdrawal period. Mm-hmm. It's just normal. So mm-hmm. very much like that, right, Brad? Yeah. The best thing is is remove everything, get them out of your life. We talked about cutting them out. Get them out of your life. You have to cut them out. One hundred percent. Yep. And the second one here: don't call or write under any circumstance. If you see them at work or on the street, you need to depart immediately. Run, run, run. Mm-hmm. I, uh, we've worked with couples where the briefest contact with that affair partner can fire up the brain chemicals associated with the romantic love and you'll be very close to having a relapse so Mm -hmm. it's just very very much like that chemical high you can't Mm -hmm. even look at it without Mm -hmm. having issues yeah exactly basically what this is is starvation again this is if you call or write them you talk to them you communicate with them you're going to find yourself, oh, I miss them. I want to be with them. And this is something we commonly see in our offices is people will come in, you know, the affair was over, it was discovered in October, and it was over in October, but then it really wasn't over. They thought it was over. They did marriage counseling. And then in July, boom, here you go. The affair wasn't over. It maybe ended briefly, but somebody contacted 
because they missed them. The fair partner either contacted them or the betrayer contacted them, and they got back into that love addiction again. What the limerent affair is like is they mull over it and they think on that person, mm-hmm. and they it, it's kind of all in their mind until that person comes mm-hmm. and, and um, maybe responds and returns that affection or mm-hmm. opens the door. Yeah, we've worked with couples where just any contact with the affair partner it triggers them into having a limerent affair again. Mm, uh, yeah. They're right back in it, and they're out. The, they want out of the marriage again, and they and they feel guilty. And we we worked with that. Number three is you need to have a note card carry with you that has written that has on there the negative traits of the affair partner. And what I mean by that is is when you so when you find yourself thinking of that person, you can pull out the note card with their negative traits, and that'll help you overcome the romantic attraction and feelings that you have of that person. With limerence, we've talked about earlier how you only notice their positive qualities. Negative qualities aren't really taken into consideration. Even average qualities are heightened, and that person is made more into like Superman or, or Superwoman. And they're made more into a... Uh, kind of an idol or... An idol or an object. So if you, if you think about their negative qualities, the things about that person that you don't like... That will help you in this. I bet it would help, too, to to write on that same card reasons for staying with your spouse, reasons for not letting your mind wander into mm-hmm. that into that, yeah, that minefield. That would be helpful. Yeah, but you need to focus on the negative qualities of that person because it's when you start thinking of those positive qualities, mm-hmm. that release, it's pleasurable. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of somebody's positive qualities. It's something that you're drawn back to again. So if you think about their negative qualities, that will help you. And the positive qualities yeah. of your spouse. Yeah, and that'll help you not want to go back to the affair partner. If you are a person of faith, you can put quotes from the Bible or quotes mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. positive people in your life. Yeah. The next one, you'll need to spend a regular time fantasizing about walking arm in arm with your spouse. So kind of like you were saying, on the card you can even put positive things about your spouse, mm-hmm. but start fantasizing about your spouse and yeah. you might well, even create might even create places that you guys can go to like the beach yeah. and but let me explain why that's so important morgan okay. is limerence is really is something in your mind it's something that you obsess about it's something that you've created in your mind it's a fantasy yeah. you can do that with your spouse that'll help you fall out of love with the affair partner and it can help you redevelop feelings for your spouse again and so you need to picture yourself being with your spouse, walking arm in arm with them, being romantic with them, basically recalling the good times that you had with your spouse. That's really important. And if those are hard to conjure up, then definitely creating those positive moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The next one, number five, is stay busy. Keep your mind on other things. Reinvest yourself back into the marriage. Uh, stay busy rebuilding the marriage. And what I mean by this is kind of idle hands or the devil's workshop. If you're idle you're not busy, your mind's going to naturally be drawn to this, probably what preoccupied your time the majority of the of the time. Mm. And so stay busy, read a book, get involved in other stuff. Just keep your mind busy so you're not thinking about the affair partner. Yeah, if you're like me, you have a big long to-do list or a book, you always write your to-dos in. It helps, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> keeps you busy. Yeah, but just stay busy because generally, as a general rule of thumb, you can only focus on one thing at a time. Hmm. And so if you're focused on uh, something that keeps your mind busy and active, you're not going to be thinking about that other person. You're not going to be thinking about how you miss them. Interesting. And so the, the next one is distract yourself from the affair partner. Call friends, go back to church, get involved in hobbies, etc. You know, but don't ignore your spouse while rebuilding the marriage. Right, yeah. Brad? Distract yourself. You you need to starve yourself from the affair partner. Yeah. You need to stay away from them. Don't make yourself vulnerable again to that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, part of this. 
I'm not really a huge fan of people being around their affair partner simply because of this. Yeah. Let me explain what I mean by this. Some people say, you know, when you cut off the affair partner, you know, it's okay if you still work with them as long as you're professional. I guess it's a case-by-case scenario. I'm not a huge fan of that idea. Yeah. It seems like it's a breeding ground for trouble. It can be. Well, and it doesn't really create a lot of trust for the betrayed spouse. So I'm not, you know, I'm not super crazy about that. Number seven is start exercising. Any kind of physical exercise will make you feel better, especially physically strenuous exercise. It's known to drive up levels of serotonin, endorphin, and dopamine in the brain, giving you feelings of euphoria and calmness. Yeah, that totally makes sense. You know, and and here's why this is important, especially in understanding love sickness, limerence, what we've been talking about, obsessive love, is there's dopamine when you have that. There's euphoria when you have that. Exercise is a way to replace that. Yeah, and it's positive. It's very healthy. Yeah, and it's not just, it has to be strenuous exercise because it'll drive up those levels of serotonin, endorphins, dopamine, and it'll give you that feeling of, it's a way to replace what what you have been getting and no longer are getting. So you need to do some strenuous exercise. To go along with that, you can have a proper diet. Avoid foods that you know will harm your body, especially avoid sweets. And And, tell them about that. Yeah, Morgan, why this is important is, this is really important because usually people who get trapped in limerence, love sickness, obsessive love, there tends to be an underlying current of depression or Mm, sadness there. And uh, exercise helps you get out of that sadness. It can help. Uh, it's one way. Having a proper diet's another way. And a lot of times how we, what we eat, the foods we eat, it can actually lead us into feeling sad and blue. And so we need to really try to do anything that uh, causes, you know, avoid things that make you sad. This is important because uh, when you feel sad, you're going to be you're going to want to go back to that affair partner. Yeah, and if you're not sure about a proper diet for you, you know, definitely contact a nutritionist or a, your doctor even because it's important. You know, We're not a nutritionist. That mm-hmm. is, we don't have details for you on that, but mm-hmm. definitely contact your doctor in, mm-hmm. and get that information. That's important, just having a proper diet and especially avoiding sweets because you'll feel blue again and then people's natural tendency has been is to go back to the affair partner when they're sad. Yeah. It's kind of a... Uh, it's like a drug. It's whenever it's you feel high. down. Yeah, it's yeah. A high. And so when you feel down, you go, you go use your drug again. Well, the next one: stay out of the places you and the affair partner went. Okay, so you don't want to have flashbacks, right? Go to new and different places and take your spouse. You know, don't listen to the same songs. In a word, avoid the people, places, and things that can trigger a desire to be with the affair partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is really key. Again, you're starving this person out of your life. You know, they're not a part of your life, so. If you went to a particular restaurant with this person or you went and did particular types of activities with this person, avoid those locations. Like the plague. Don't even drive past it if it's on your way to work. Mm -hmm. Take another route. don't want anything to take you back. Yeah, well, and you're cutting this out of your life. You need to replace it with new and different things, uh, new and different places. Mm -hmm. So uh, part of this could be, you know, not listening to the same type of music if you guys listen to music together. And I would even say don't listen to music, period. And what I mean by that is a lot of the music on the radio contains themes that have infidelity in it or cheating or betrayal in it or they're sad love songs. Nothing, You know, it just it's a constant reminder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But I would probably spend a while not listening to music. And basically what you want to do is just avoid those things that, that can trigger 
desire for that person, things that remind you of them and make you want to be with them. The next one, you know, if for whatever reason you are very tempted to contact the affair partner, you need to think it through, okay? What will happen if you contact this person? Think, Think it through. Think ahead. What will happen to your family? What impact will this have on your spouse as you two are rebuilding the marriage, mm-hmm. rebuilding that trust? Yeah. And, and really, you know, if you're thinking about contacting this person, if you're tempted, you need to really talk to your spouse about this. And okay, you've cheated on them. You know, you're listening to me saying, Brad, I can't do that. I can't go. They're going to freak out on me. Maybe your spouse will get upset, but I think your spouse will also find relief that you're being so honest about them, yeah. being so transparent with them. Because with this sort of thing, it only increases mistrust if you do contact your affair partner and your spouse doesn't know. If you're more transparent, open and honest about it, it's actually going to decrease your desire for it. This kind of thing thrives on secrecy. But if you let your spouse know, hey, I'm tempted, or even letting your spouse know, hey, they've contacted me. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you've kept secret from your spouse that's very dangerous as well. Uh, definitely let them know and, and definitely don't let them find out later that you did. Good rule of thumb is just assume that they're going to find out. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing is, is if you're a spouse who is listening to this and you're, you were cheated on, um, definitely try not to explode, right, if they do come to you because they're really trying to be more open mm-hmm. and, and They're trying honest. to be more open and honest and it'll help rebuild trust. But you need to have that transparency where the fair partner contacted me if you don't disclose that you run the risk of your a your spouse finding out but also b keeping it secret will cause you to dwell on it more and think about the possibilities and fall uh, back into and, it. yeah very good chance of falling back into it and so what you want to do is really just go the opposite direction transparency honesty and think this through ask yourself questions what are the consequences of this and then the next one 11 the 11th way and how to fall out of love in this addiction is really using antidepressants. And let me explain this. Commonly, people who have recently ended an affair, they have difficulty remembering events or duties. They think obsessively about their problems and the pain coming out of an affair. You know, I've hurt my spouse. I'm miserable. I've screwed up so many people's lives. When you come out of an affair, typically your mood is altered. You're struggling with despair, anxiety, fear, anger, and maybe other disabling mood states uh and so problems in the body can arise uh, and depressed people can have trouble eating sleeping engaging in sex and here's here this is important many contemplate suicide so what people find themselves often doing is if they feel like they need to use an antidepressant they feel like i'm you know this is weak i can handle this i should be able to handle this on my own but if you if you do you know and obviously medications have side effects and they're not necessarily a magic bullet for dealing with depression, but they prom- what they promise is better than going back to the affair partner or contemplating suicide or getting stuck and being miserable and being unhappy and wallowing in guilt and shame. And so antidepressants can be helpful with this. And here's the important thing, Morgan, that people need to understand is when people are depressed, they, they want to do things that relieve that depression. Right. And in this scenario, the easiest thing to do is not exercise or eat right. Because you lack, when you're depressed, you lack total motivation. Right. Your spouse usually describes you as lazy when you're depressed, especially when it's, you've been depressed for long periods of time. But what needs to happen, you know, is exercising and things like that. But when people are depressed and they've just come out of a limerent affair, they're more likely to relapse if they don't get the right help. 
if you don't do these starvation methods. And one of those methods is antidepressants. Consider that. Talk over with your family doctor. Consider that. But it is something that would be very, 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 very important to look at because you hit a wall of depression. What's pulled you out of that in the past has been the affair partner and this affair. It's been a roller coaster. It's been not just really hasn't been a roller coaster. It's been a mountaintop experience where you feel great, you feel wonderful, and then you come crashing down. When your spouse finds out, you see how the kids are hurting because you and your wife or husband are fighting. You see how people are affected by this, and you feel shame and guilt. Many times, you you know you're looking for things to help you deal with this. Commonly, unfortunately, too much of the time, people go back to the affair partner, and it's not that they go back to him for good, because eventually they choose their wife or their spouse. Typically, they do. Many many times they do, but that you can avoid all this more heartache, and it's going to be tougher to rebuild. You can avoid all that if you just take care of it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's really important. And this last one here, nothing beats your romantic feelings you had with the affair partner, like creating that kind of romantic love with your spouse. Nothing beats it than having a good romantic relationship with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Right, Brad? Yeah. The best thing that you can do is start creating that kind of romantic love with your spouse. And we're going to get into that. But basically how you do that is do new and different things with your spouse that'll help you rebuild that. As we talk about this, this is important for people to know. It is possible to fall out of love with the affair partner if you want to. Just like falling in love, it's a learned emotional process. Falling out of love is something that has to be learned, requires some effort, and takes some time. But it can be done. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, it doesn't have to be a super long, grueling experience. It can be something that happens in a matter of weeks or even a month. It depends on how you do it. And, and these aren't starvation methods. These are thought methods on how to stop thinking about an affair partner, how to stop that obsessiveness, how to stop creating that emotional response to those thoughts. But it's from a different school of psychology. It's from more of a cognitive behavioral view, changing our thoughts and changing our behaviors. And it'll really help you with that starvation period because it's going to, I think they're going to help each other. If you're starving, this is a way to to help yourself starve off. Yeah, and both approaches are the best. Uh, Behavioral psychologists claim that after about using these techniques, anywhere from seven to 30 days, you can fall out of love with with the affair partner. Interesting. I want to jump into this, but let let me give a little bit of word on this. This is about losing romantic feelings for the affair partner, not hating a person. And so we're not condoning hatred. We're condoning, we're trying to help you fall out of love with a person, not hate a person. Right. That's very important. And so I wanted that to be a clear distinction. Somebody one time said, you know, these sounds like you're, you're telling us to hate a person and we're not. And, And I'll just explain the kind of the background behind these. This is based on the cognitive behavioral school of psychology. And with limerence, what's happening is, is we're, we're, we're uprooting thoughts before they have a chance to grow before they have a chance to take root in our mind. And as the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so what we're doing is we're changing the thoughts so we can change how our heart feels about a person and how we can, you know, when we'll be different, we'll see ourselves differently as well. We're running away from these mm-hmm. these totally destructive patterns and habits. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is, we, really this is about empowering people who've gone through this, because if you've gone through this, you know how difficult this is. If you've had a limerent affair on falling out of love with a person, there's almost an addictive quality that people have to that person. And yeah. so what we want to do is empower you. So let's go ahead and jump in here, Morgan. Okay. Uh, beha- cognitive behavioral psychologists would say that falling in love is a learned emotional process. So falling out of love is something that has to be learned. Interesting. Requires some effort. It takes a little bit of time. Seven to 30 days is what they say. Here is the first one. It is 
thought replacement. Thought replacement is a common technique in cognitive behavioral therapy. Thought replacement is the most powerful method for falling out of love. It involves training certain thoughts to stay away and learning to encourage destructive thoughts. And here's what, what I mean by this. With this thought replacement method, what we do is I encourage individuals to make a list of positive items, events, places, and situations that don't involve the affair partner. In the first instant, the affair partner comes to the betrayer's mind. The individual yells stop and, and they immediately think about something from that list. And so repeating this practice and keeping track of progress will help the affair partner train themselves to gradually decrease instances of thinking about the affair partner. And again, this follows that idea of these thoughts can be rooted in our mind. And once we grow and we start obsessing about this person and start kind of just our mind starts cranking and daydreaming and thinking about this person, then the limerence is growing again. Once we notice ourselves going down this path, we can say, stop it. I'm not going to do this. Stop it. And have you predetermined list of things that you're going to choose to think about. You can have this on a note card. So we can run away from those destructive thoughts. Yeah. And you've got to replace these thoughts. This is a thought replacement method. Mm -hmm. You're stopping yourself from thinking about the affair partner, what has happened, what they've said, or something that's occurred between you two. Mm -hmm. And you're choosing, and you have something already chosen beforehand. It can be scripture verses. It can be saying to yourself, this is a trap. I refuse to fall into this. My family is more important than this feeling, this fleeting feeling. Yeah. You know, I want my spouse more than anything. It could be just have something predetermined that you're telling yourself, because here's why this is important, Morgan. Mm -hmm. We can pretty much, we can only focus on one thing at a time. And so our brain, yeah. Yeah. You know, we can only really genuinely focus concentrate intensely on one thing at a time. Meditate on one thing. Yeah. You know, we might have several thoughts a minute about something, but we, if you know, if we're deliberately thinking about something, we only can have one, sh- you know, train of thought in our mind at a time. And so Interesting. what we want to do is just take that, the thoughts about the fair partner and replace that with something different, something more noble, something more pure, something more wholesome, to, and, but have it predetermined and have it written down beforehand what you're going to do. So when this happens, you can, you can say something to yourself. Uh, that kind of, and it's just like a re, it becomes a reflex. Yeah. It's like, and you say it over and over and over even that's, mm-hmm. that's very effective. Mm-hmm. You say it over and over and eventually it becomes your part of your new thought process and you say it out loud. Yeah. New it's, reality. Yeah. It becomes a new reality. And so you, then you start losing feelings for that person. It's a very simple technique, very effective technique. It could take a while or, or, uh, yeah. And it, uh, you know, cognitive behavioral psychologists say seven to 30 days wow. to fall out of love with, uh, once you've had deliverance to fall out of love with that person. Interesting. And I'm talking about people who have been lovesick, just obsessed with somebody 30 days later to not really have any sort of romantic feelings towards them. Wow. That's amazing. It is amazing. And so there's hope out there for this and you've got to, you just got to apply it. Uh, but the next one is what they call silent contempt and silent contempt is basically it helps betrayers diminish thoughts of the affair partner further, right? So it helps them diminish those thoughts, um, especially if contact with the person is inevitable. If you mm-hmm. maybe work you can't with that get person, away from them. whether you're neighbor, they live mm-hmm. next door or something or a relative or a relative. This is accomplished by replacing the high esteem of the affair partner with ridiculous humorous image uh, that emphasizes his or her flaws. And again, we're not talking about hating someone, but we're all, we're trying to replace. Yeah. But what we're talking about is, is you have them on such a pedestal. Yeah. You hold them in such high esteem or this fantastic person and then just changing that image of them with right. with an image that's ridiculous and humorous. But it should not be an image that incites a sense of pity because you don't want to yeah. feel you know, sad for them or mm-hmm. want to reach out for them to help them at all. It's got to be something kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, for example, do you want to give kind of example? We were thinking of some examples before the show. Let me let me say this, though, Morgan. It, mm-hmm. I, want to, I want it to be clear. This needs to be something that emphasizes that person's flaws. Okay. Because when people are in limerence, they they don't notice flaws. Right. Or they're, or they, or they're minimized, and even their average qualities are heightened. This is about finding those flaws 
and focusing on those flaws and having it be humorous because mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a a little bit of a joke it's kind mm-hmm. of yeah it's kind of the jokes on them in a sense but it's right. not meant to you know develop a sense of an, a pity for them because then you're this isn't working uh, this is taking them from being on a pedestal focusing on their flaws and using this with with some perseverance you know eventually they're going to become associated with the absurd or an exaggerated image and here's a couple examples you can develop your own but these are just a few examples <laughs> i think oh, of right. them being on like american idol yeah being this god awful singer and they're just singing and yeah. they're, they're horrible and they have pieces of broccoli stuck in their teeth yeah they have and... broccoli in their teeth or they're a horrible singer <laughs> and it's they think they're fantastic they got these ideas of delusion and they're sitting there arguing with the judge What? You don't think I'm fantastic? I don't get deserved to go to Hollywood? You know, something like that. Picturing them that way. If they have, uh, if they're a guy and they have a lot of hair, you're just thinking about, you gosh, they have big bushy eyebrows. They have hair coming out of their ears and nose. Choosing choosing to focus on things like that. If they have an angry temper, choosing to think about their temper, them getting upset at a restaurant and just becoming, you know, just incensed because they're having to wait a little longer on their their food to come to them. Yeah. Getting angry like that. And I think things, just, just, Making it a, a characteristic that they have that isn't positive and just heightening that and making it more exaggerated. Right. And that can be anything. Yeah, and, and you're replacing any of the positive thoughts mm-hmm. with those kind mm-hmm. of less positive. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, and I want to emphasize why this is so important. Again, thoughts determine how we feel. Mm-hmm. Thoughts determine feelings. And if we can change these thoughts before they take root in our minds, they will help us fall out of love with a person. We're not letting love, sickness, infatuation, the romantic love become an obsession. We're stopping that in its tracks and we're noticing these negative qualities that they have. Yeah. So if anything positive about that person pops into your head, mm-hmm. immediately change it to no, his anger is horrible. And then go right on to the positive. I refuse to stay here. I refuse mm-hmm. to let this get in between me and my family. My mm-hmm. family is more important to me. Yeah, go so, back to your list. Right. Go back to your list. That we talked about in thought replacement. So the next one is covert sensitization. That's a big word, sensitization. It's also called repulsion repulsion uh it is more extreme technique it's it's more extreme in that it's it's useful for if thought replacement and silent contempt aren't working as well it's also effective in attaining physical attraction toward the affair and that's important for people because many times been betrayed is thinking gosh they think i'm that person's more beautiful than i am more handsome than i am and this is a way for uh if the betrayer does find them physically attractive a way to lose that physical attraction for them right and it's a little bit it's a little bit different and again, this isn't meant to create hatred towards anybody. It's meant to lose feelings for a person. Right. And it's interrupting those thoughts that create more limerence. If we can interrupt those thoughts, we're going to interrupt that emotional connection there. And that's what you're talking about, Morgan. Yeah, and it's the way for your mind to run away. If you're physically, if you physically can't run away, mm-hmm. your mind is able to run away from those thoughts. And mm-hmm. the process involves creating a list of vivid images that overwhelm the senses with their extreme repulsive association. So then the involved spouse attaches one of those images with physical contact uh, with the affair partner so that the contact becomes associated with a repulsive sight, a repulsive sound, or a repulsive smell. Uh, the final part of this process involves envisioning turning away from the affair partner, helping the involved spouse unlearn the physical attraction he or she has previously felt. So some examples we had, Brad, mm-hmm. you had those. Yeah, I think uh, picturing this person, the affair partner with sewage on them, yeah. and just imagining the smell, the odor of yeah. that. Bad uh, breath. Bad breath horrible body odor maybe they don't have maybe their their hygiene is awful they're they you know they haven't shaved or they um, they used to like this they wear this perfume that maybe you once enjoyed but if you imagine it not smelling good or just mm-hmm. being or too sm- much yeah or, or they smell like a wet dog yeah or uh just imagining them in uh these situations where they just have repulsive sights 
sounds, smells. Yeah. Them sh- when they talk, they have this horrible, high-pitched, screechy voice. They just wear their their fashion is ridiculous. They wear stuff from horrible '80s clothing. Uh, you know, just picturing them in the, these negative lights like this, right. it'll help you fall out of love, lose romantic feelings for them. And again, that's not so much to hate them. Right. It's not. It's about just hatred. to interrupt the thoughts because when people are stuck in limerence, they're thinking only of the positive. They don't see any negative. And this is a way to introduce negative thoughts and qualities about them that are there that you're just blind to if you're experiencing limerence. And so kind of to recap, if you if a, if a positive thought comes in your head, you say stop mm-hmm. and you go to say no, they have horrible anger or no, they smell like sewage. And then you go right to the things that you want. You go mm-hmm. right on to I love my family. I want to be with mm-hmm. my spouse. And you dwell on that more. But that's this is kind of how it works. It kind of happens in an instance. I mean, you don't want to spend forever on these negative things. Mm-hmm. You want to kind of stop the positive thought. Replace it with something negative on that person and go right into what you want. Mm -hmm. Go right into what you want. Hey, one more thing. If you want to break free from the affair once and for all, go to HealingBrokenTrust.com for personalized help or a self-paced online program. That's HealingBrokenTrust.com. There we can provide you with the personalized help you really want. HealingBrokenTrust.com. We'll talk to you soon.